No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we begin the book of Ezra, as we see what happens when God moves on a world leader to accomplish His sovereign will. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl begins Ezra chapter 1 on Simply the Bible. New beginnings. Give the opportunity for a reset. Whether it is a new year, a new neighborhood, a new job, or a new relationship, a fresh start brings new hope. That's how it was for the nation of Judah. They had disobeyed God and worshipped idols. They had even sacrificed their own children in worshipping pagan deities. The Lord had promised that if they forsook him, then he would remove them from their land. Therefore, God took them away captive to Babylon. He allowed King Nebuchadnezzar to destroy the temple in Jerusalem. The nation died because they trusted the gods of the world rather than the living God who is omnipotent and forever praised. Yet even when the Lord sent them away to Babylon, he promised that their captivity would not last forever. He spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation. In his mercy, God would make a way for his people to return to their homeland. He would give them a new beginning. And when they returned, never again would they be taken captive by idols. The book of Ezra begins where the book of 2 Chronicles ends. In fact, the first four verses of Ezra are a repeat of the last two verses of 2 Chronicles. Most scholars attribute 1 and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, and Nehemiah to the same author. Although that author is never named, Jewish tradition identifies him with Ezra, a priest who returned from Babylon to Jerusalem during what is called the post-exilic period. He obviously relied on other sources. When chapter 1 occurred, Ezra was not even born. He doesn't appear in the account until chapter 7. Ezra was a contemporary of Nehemiah. The theme of Ezra is God's faithfulness to his people. What the Lord declares, he will surely bring to pass, whether positively or negatively. It may mean that we must wait a long, long time, but God will always be true to his word. And his thoughts toward his people are thoughts of peace, not to harm them, but to give them hope and a future. Ezra is a book of new hope that is relevant to every generation embarking on new ventures of faith. We pick it up in Ezra chapter 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me. And he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. 
who is among you of all his people. May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the free will offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Cyrus was the founder of the Persian Empire. He conquered Babylon in 539 BC. One year later, he issued this proclamation giving permission for the Jews to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Now, why would this Persian king be so favorable toward Israel? About 180 years earlier, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 44:24 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built, and to the temple, your foundation shall be laid. The Lord said this about 150 years before Cyrus was even born. He was the designated leader who would perform the Lord's pleasure and open the way for the temple to be rebuilt. This is such an amazing example of God's sovereignty over the affairs of men. Isaiah's prophecy about Cyrus continues, For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God besides me. What if you came across some ancient document that mentioned your name and described everything you did in life? Wouldn't that grab your attention? That's exactly what happened to Cyrus. The Jewish historian Josephus tells us that Cyrus read this prophecy of Isaiah. Some speculate that Daniel, who held a high position in Babylon when it was conquered, gave Cyrus this prophecy of Isaiah to read. Josephus quotes Cyrus as saying, Since God Almighty has appointed me to be king of the habitable earth, I believe that he is that God which the nation of the Israelites worship. For indeed, he foretold my name by the prophets and that I should build him a house at Jerusalem in the country of Judea. Therefore, Cyrus issued this proclamation throughout his kingdom. It was the opportunity for which the Jews had waited for 70 years. It was the chance to return to the promised land and be on the ground floor of rebuilding the temple of the Lord. Cyrus even encouraged the people who didn't return to Jerusalem to help their countrymen who were returning by giving them silver, gold, goods, livestock, and free will offerings. You know, it's one thing to have an open door, but it's something else to have ample provisions to go through it. Applying this to our own faith, Jesus is the one who has said, Behold, I make all things new. When you turn your life over to him, you open the door for new hope and new possibilities. 
The one whom we trust is blameless and harmless toward those who love him. He is able to forgive our past sins and give us a joyful, confident expectation of a glorious future with him in eternity. And he also gives us hope in our present circumstances. We have just begun a new year with infinite possibilities. The one thing we must know is that God is for us, and if God is for us, then who can be against us? But does that mean we won't encounter difficulties? Of course not. We will see that even though these returning captives were stepping out in faith and obeying the Lord, they were about to experience tremendous difficulties. But as Oswald Chambers said in his classic work, My Utmost for His Highest, thank God he gives us difficult things to do. Why is that? Because when we persevere through the difficulties, we grow spiritually. Verse 5. Then the heads of the fathers, houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with precious things besides all that was willingly offered. God moved on the spirit of King Cyrus to issue a proclamation, and then he moved on the spirits of the people who were living in Babylon. Now, not all the captives returned to Judah. Seventy years earlier, Jeremiah had written to the captives, telling them to build houses, plant gardens, have children, and seek the peace of Babylon. Many of them had acquired much wealth there. So when the opportunity was given, not everybody left. No doubt they had become comfortable in Babylon and didn't want to relocate to the harsh conditions of Judah where they would have to start all over. But when God moves on a spirit, then that person will venture out against all odds. And that is exactly what these returning exiles did. But those who remained in Babylon provided for their fellow Jews with all that they would need for their journey and for resettling in the promised land. We liken this to participation in missions. God stirs the heart of the missionary to leave the comforts of home, family, and his own nation and go to a foreign country. Not everybody is called to be a missionary, but we can all be senders of missionaries and support them with our prayers and finances. Jesus said that those who receive a prophet will also receive a prophet's reward. I also believe that those who support a missionary will receive a missionary's reward. Verse 7, King Cyrus also brought out the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem and put in the temple of his gods. And Cyrus, king of Persia, brought them out by the hand of Mithradath, the treasurer, and counted them out to Sheshbazzar, the prince of Judah. This is the number of them. 30 gold platters, 1,000 silver platters, 29 knives, 30 gold basins, 410 silver basins of a similar kind, and 1,000 other articles, and a partridge in a pear tree. No, not really. All the articles of gold and silver were 5,400. All these Sheshbazar took with the captives who were brought from Babylon to Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar had removed these articles from the temple and placed them all in the storage of the temple of his gods. 
Cyrus brought these 5,400 articles out and gave them to his treasurer, who in turn gave them to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. Now, who is Sheshbazar? He is only named four places in Scripture, all in Ezra, twice in chapter 1 and twice in chapter 5. Some scholars think it is another name for Zerubbabel. Others think he is a different person. Both names are credited with laying the foundation of the temple, so it's logical to assume that they refer to the same person. Perhaps Sheshbazar was his Babylonian name and Zerubbabel his Jewish name. Also, we know Zerubbabel was a descendant of King David. For these Jewish captives in Babylon, these were exciting days. This was like the children of Israel leaving the slavery of Egypt. They were headed to the promised land with great hope and dreams of rebuilding the house of the Lord. God had obviously given them favor with the Persian king and opened a door before them that no one could shut. Now it was up to them to step through it with faith and courage. If God has opened the door to you, if he has given you a word of encouragement, if he has given you faith to move out in a new direction, then pray for wisdom and courage and go for it. And when difficulties come, then consider it pure joy. For God has deemed you worthy to endure them for his sake, and he will use them to grow you spiritually. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow we'll see where the exiles return from Babylon to Jerusalem. Their names and numbers are recorded, but some priests can't prove their pedigree and are disqualified from serving as priests. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezra on Simply the Bible.